This is the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. Hello, welcome to the 31st edition of the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you took the time to either view on YouTube or listen on iTunes to this edition of the Thrive Podcast. And I am indeed, indeed honored to have Mr. Johnny Domino come and share with us today. Mr. Domino, thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate you having me. Tell us about Johnny Domino. Who is Johnny Domino? <clears throat> uh, Johnny Domino uh, is a pseudonym, first and foremost, that's, uh, that I use for entertainment purposes. Um, it's what I act under. Or anything I write, anything dealing with entertainment, uh, that's the pseudonym I use. Um, Johnny Domino is an entertainment catalyst. I do so many things. Uh, I got a podcast, write films, produce TV shows. I act, stage acting, thespian. Uh, I wear too many hats in the entertainment industry, so I came up with a word called entertainment catalyst. I like that. You like mm-hmm. that, yeah. I got somebody trying to use it right now. She was huh. like, did you, you copy that? <laughs> <laughs> That's another story, but I, I, I want them to use it. Okay. It came from me, and I want them to use it because sometimes we do too many things. And if I just tell you I'm a film producer, then that leaves so much stuff behind. But if I say that, you're gonna act. Well, what is that? Well, well let's jump right in. You, you started off by saying you two have a have a podcast. Yes, You've sir. been doing this since the start of 2018, uh, and I try to use it as a vehicle to talk to people that I might not have the opportunity to talk to on a regular basis. I might not have the opportunity to have an exchange on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night when we have Bible study. And I I see this as an opportunity for me to grow and for others by listening and viewing to grow as well. What was your impetus for starting a podcast? Um, <clears throat> it's another way to outreach, uh, to reach people. Um, I felt like uh, actually two girls came at me about it. Um, they felt like it had been a good idea, and I, I liked it because it was from the perspective of uh, a retired drug dealer mm-hmm. and, a, and a retired stripper. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a whole nother element. I hadn't really seen it in podcasts, and I thought that uh, we can get in and have something a little dif- different and just speak straight up on issues and just how we felt this point blank period. Mm-hmm. Um, I deal with all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now I'm talking to you, you know, a pastor in a, in a church facility. And then the next minute I might be talking to a gangster or a retired killer or somebody from jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see all walks of life, but I've, I've been, I've been learning. I, I don't, I have I have my judgments that I shouldn't be doing, but I kind of try to deal with people, and I'm growing to start giving everybody at least one chance. Sure. Before I cast them all. Sure. But the podcast was a good platform for us to use. Um, it's a growing thing right now. Podcasts are, are great ways to get it out there, and then I I also had my own show on ninety four point nine. Okay. Uh. Uh. That was 2000, 
12, 13, something like that. The years start to add up after a while, don't they? Yeah, I know I know the church folks might have been mad too cuz we we switched it from all gospel to secular music. You remember okay. you remember that year? No, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, and I've said I've had a couple of other radio personalities in here. I've had the Tangela in here and I've had a couple of other guys in here. I honestly don't listen to local radio. Uh, I, I listen to satellite radio when I'm in my car and, and when I'm at home I'm more of a TV person than a radio person so what radio stations are playing what what, what type of uh, music or what their genre is I honestly don't know that's a good point that's another reason why I did podcasts mm-hmm. because I found out that they had blocks on the internet at work and you can download a podcast and then check it out later Right. so I was like you know, and then it got me back closer to radio, talk radio, mm-hmm. being able to reach people, being able to talk, and uh, just try to find out what's going on, influence, and get right. feedback. You know, right. I uh, I have found it to be extremely enlightening. Uh, my my perspective obviously has to do more with church and how the church can be more effective in reaching a different audience of people. I think that the church has to reach beyond the walls of its sanctuary and its facilities out into the public if we're going to be about the business of carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ forward, which is our mandate. And I see this as a vehicle by which to do that. It has allowed me, with uh, Terrence Turner's help, because he's brought a lot of people in (coughs) I, I wouldn't have access to, it has allowed me the opportunity to have exchanges with people that I do not know. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and it gives me an opportunity to learn more about their story. I like to say that I'm a seeker. I'm, I'm trying to learn new things and, and get out of the box that I have been in. Mm. Uh, and, and so I, I have found these uh, opportunities to be very helpful to me personally. And I hope it's been helpful to those who have watched and uh, those who have listened. We're developing a, a growing audience. Uh, Terrence tells me that we got people in Spain who are, who are tuning in. We've got people in the United Kingdom who, who are tuning in. Some people in Turkey who Uh-oh. are tuning in. So that, that, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, but primarily, I, I try to ingest what I get from these conversations and try to figure out ways that I can use that to better minister the gospel uh, to the Shiloh church and to the larger community. I think that's brilliant. Wow. I think that's brilliant. And I'm kind of on the other side of that too. That's why I was willing to do this too. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I don't, I just, I feel like <clears throat> everybody has to find their truth and what they believe in. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. Um, is to me, my perception of everything is there's no such thing as uh, it's what you believe is a fact mm-hmm. because a lot of stuff has been tainted with man. So it's what you believe sounds right, makes sense to you, and equals up to to what you feel is right. And that's all we could do at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know. But by 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 you going out and finding other perspectives and hearing other things, it's like a, a learning tool. Yeah. You get to see why people think why they think and how they 
came to feel that way and stuff like that. And I, I feel they just spoke that pastor stuff on me like three, four times. <laughs> People out of nowhere, like God just hit him and said, he going to be a pastor. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to stop cursing. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. No, you don't. That's a, a start, huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. <clears throat> Some of the best curse words I ever learned. I learned from pastors. So. <laughs> That's just a fact. Straight up. Uh, uh, but in addition to the podcast, you, you, you are a producer of film. You are an actor. Which would you prefer? Do you prefer being in front of the camera or behind the camera? I like being in front of the camera. I like to entertain. And I like big crowds. I like live. I like, I like the stage. I, uh, I started uh, doing plays at Upstage Theater. Baton Rouge with Dr. Turner. Yes. That's uh Yes, Terrence's mom. Terrence's mom. And a member of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. <laughs> yeah. I love her to death. Uh, she whooped me. We fuss. We argue. <laughs> I run off, you know. But she's she's my mom. She like my mom. Yes, sir. And uh she sharpened my uh, acting skills. I thought because I had been in a few movies before I came to her that I was a okay actor. Mm-hmm. But it, uh the stage showed me that there's a lot of room for growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always room for growth. And when you're doing it live, there is no cut. Right. It's, 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 it's like me and you right now and the crowd right there. Yeah. And they waiting on you to deliver the next line. And if he forgot the lines, you better make up some. <laughs> <laughs> you better find you some lines. You better come from yeah. something. Because it ain't no stop, cut, and let's reset, none of that. That sounds like it, it can be a time of, of high anxiety as well. But, but but you enjoy that kind of interchange. Me, yeah. yeah. Like I, I feel a little nervousness that everybody else go through. Mm-hmm. But I'm more the one that, that, that plays my off because I don't want to look nervous because I'm the one that always seemed like I'm all right I'm ready to go out there which I am mm-hmm. but I feel I feel the little bubble the little thing but once I'm out there I don't feel nothing so how did you find your way into acting you you, you said that you you had a different life yeah uh, and 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 you found your way into acting how, how did that transition come about uh a guy named Matt Keith uh I knew he was doing uh, He was looking for people In movies and stuff mm-hmm. And so I caught him In Walmart And I started joking with him I play all the time That's how I, That's how I lighten up The mood And mm-hmm. keep me going You know I, I don't, I'm not one to soak In my problems Or just dwell on it Or wear it on my sleeve mm-hmm. You couldn't tell What I had going on Or you know I could have Fell in a puddle, tripped down, uh, car broke down. I caught an Uber here. The Uber kicked me out halfway because my, my money ran out on my car, and I walked two blocks. And when I come in here, I'll be like, hey, good morning. <laughs> how y'all doing? Because it don't do me no good to come in here. Oh, man, man, you know how much trouble I had. Today. It's just negative, yeah. you know, and it ain't going to fix it. It's yeah. done now. So why not just enjoy the minutes, the seconds that I got here? Yes, sir. Still above ground, still alive and free. Yes, sir. You know, so... Um, I I start joking with Matt Keith. I'm like, man, I could play anything. I could be Bill Cosby, Bernie Mac, uh, anything. You know, I start. I, that's what got me that role. I started talking like Tony Montana. Oh, really? Yeah. You like that movie? Oh yeah, I watched it several times, man. <laughs> I watch it a lot, you know, because uh, I'm just a political refugee, you know. And I try to tell you all the time that I'm I'm just trying to get things straight, you know. And so I'm playing with Matt like that, and he was like. I got a roll. I need a Mexican. <laughs> and I was like, oh, love Mexican. I was like, I don't know Spanish. He's like, you'd be fine. The lines are in English. And uh, they had a guy. They, got a, they actually got a book that teach you how to say English words with a Spanish accent. Like how they'll say, how, how, it, it, say if the word was uh, uh, 
paragraph. It'll show you how they how they pronounce paragraph. Para, where, which where words, to put the emphasis? Yeah, where to put the emphasis at? Okay. And uh, that was a uh, Armando Armando Leduc, and he taught me like two three words was like jefe for boss, and he told me how to say some of my lines mm -hmm. with the Spanish accent, mm -hmm. and it just it just went it you went pretty smooth. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> when, when when you got into film and when you got into acting, at some point you started going behind the camera and you started yeah. doing productions of your own. And we were talking before we started uh, taping about one of your productions about an area that I grew up in, an area that you know intimately well, but Scotlandville, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which is, for those who are not familiar with Baton Rouge, it, it's a part of North Baton Rouge near Southern University, near where our Metropolitan Airport is. Uh, and, and it caught me when I was doing some research about your coming, it caught me that you did a documentary about Scotlandville. Right. You want to talk about that a little bit? And come to find out you were from Scotlandville. I am from Scotlandville. And yes, he checked, ladies and gentlemen, he checked me when I got here. I, <laughs> I just want to let y'all know. <laughs> he checked me like they locked the doors. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm just playing. Look, y'all, y'all take me. Y'all gotta learn when to take me serious. I yes, play sir. all day, but now nah, he was like, what, what, "What, you know, what was that about?" And, and you know, it was why must Scotland die? The documentary on that was like basically why is it blighted around Southern University? Mm -hmm. And there's so many restaurants and amenities around LSU. Yeah, and not to throw stones at LSU, but why we can't have balance? Why I'm I'm a Libra, birthday September. So 30th. am I. I like October fourth. Yeah, I, I wanted to just be fair. You know yeah. what I mean? And um <clears throat> I just feel like, you know, uh it's a blight it's real blighted over there and there's no attention. When, during some research I found out they got plans to uh revitalize and fix the whole area. Yeah. Twenty, thirty, something, twenty two to twenty thirty two. Yeah. Or twenty 2030, something like that. These are plans that have been written and rewritten over the years. Oh, the pictures are beautiful, yeah. man. You know, the basic problem in in in, in Scotlandville and in and in other parts of North Baton Rouge, not just Scotlandville, uh, has to do with those who are willing to invest their dollars in that area. Uh, uh, we seem to have no problem investing dollars in in the southern part of the parish in the downtown area in the areas around the bedroom uh, communities of Denham Springs and Gonzales and what have you. But when it comes to investment of dollars in North Baton Rouge, uh, there, there just seems to be no real interest in doing that. And in fact, it's not until you get way north up into Zachary that you start hmm. seeing uh, a reinvestment of dollars. Now even Baker uh, has suffered uh, from economic uh, downturns over yeah. the last 20 years. Baker is a different community now than it was 20 years ago. And it's a different community 20 years ago than it was 40 years ago because <laughs> Baker used to be Redneck Central. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, it, it, was, it was heavily populated with uh, white folk who really didn't want black folk there but with black folk having moved into baker whites moved further north to zachary or moved to central and uh, they took their dollars and their businesses with them and and, and you've seen what's been left behind it, it speaks not just of white flight but it also speaks of uh the paucity of black economic dollars being reinvested in their own 
community, mm-hmm. and and it's it's a troubling reality. And the shortage thereof. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like uh, I know I I have a whole different perception of things. Uh, I feel like certain things thrive this economy. You feel it uh, on Sundays. Uh, they feel in the barbershops. They feel it all over. Certain things drive the economy in this area. It's it's not enough opportunity. It's not enough dollar. And then you got you got rich folks worried about beating taxes and not having to pay taxes and do this and hide money and moving things around. But until we get somebody of power who understands that, sure, I'm rich. I want to give you a break because I want a break too on my taxes, but we need to pour more money into the poverty areas because that's the real economy. That's the real consumer. You can double somebody's income tax and they're going to go from I'm going to buy that Acura to I'm going to buy the Acura and put rims on it. Yes. Which thrives the economy. They're going to find more things to spend the money on. Right. So until we get people in power who understands that the more money you put into the poor areas, the better business and everything else is going to flourish. Then it trickles down. More jobs. If the business is struggling, that's less people that can be hired. So now you got angry folk who the only opportunity they have is to sell drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the opportunities that's going to get them a, a good, fast, steady income that they, they, they bad. Most of these people manage money horribly. Mm-hmm. They've destroyed their credit. So they'll never be able to manage on a low. So the fast money is fast and it comes in abundance. Right. So they can't even feel the mismanagement of the money. That's why drug dealing is so strong. That's why. If you if you really watch when you see those big buzz going on the news, the economy start going down from then on, because that one person fed four people, who fed each fed four people and trickled down like a pyramid, and now that whole income is gone. And they, you, you know, with me, I wonder like, you know, they got people who need transportation and this this and that, but there's so many police cars. They knocked the building down on Florida Boulevard. Uh, on the right hand side and they, they just put a green tarp on that fence because when you look it's nothing but brand new white cars that hadn't been striped or mm-hmm. done up yet <clears throat> and you got so much money to police people but somebody has to realize that you have to put more money into people what happened to the summer jobs in JTPA me coming up as a poor kid me being able to buy my own school clothes right help families right. but they put limits on it some people got four or five children now only one or two from the same man open that up yeah because that's gonna help that poor parent but then you got look at the box you make a few dollars more on section eight they take a few more dollars from you so how could you grow yeah. then you're not you're not obtaining no assets there's no literacy on credit for you to to get assets and be able to pass things down to people, and I, I mean I come from the hardcore, so I'm I look at things differently. Some people may look down on a drug dealer, but I look down at the opportunities that he has. Mm-hmm. And don't be a felon. Oh Lord, don't don't have a bad background. Mm-hmm. You really in some trouble. Now me and you both know that anything's possible, and the only man that gets is the man that keeps trying. Mm-hmm. But there's only so many times, and, and, and everybody not that strong. Mm-hmm. I'm a convicted felon. Mm-hmm. I just won't stop, and I don't want to do dirt no more. I can't. I don't really have nothing to show for it. 
I don't have much to show for all the money I've made. The the the, the choices that <clears throat> led you uh, to become a convicted felon to 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 sell drugs that 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 you felt like you had to. These were things that you did not grow up wanting to do. Oh no! These were things that you felt like you had to do in order to provide for yourself and for your family. Am I correct in that? You correct because th- this was the, this was the. This is not. And that's, I don't even consider this a perception. What's easier for me to get? I could fill out applications and take money. You got buy. You may need to buy boots. You need this, this, and that. But drug dealers are always looking for somebody new to just push things around. So they'll give you. They'll front you that. They'll give it to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's easier to get, and it's more profitable. Because let's just be honest. Up north was built on prohibition. When they stopped letting them sell hooch, mm-hmm. they put it in the barrels and they start hustling. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got rich off of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Miami is beautiful because of cocaine. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you have a minimal amount of opportunities, you're gonna go to either the path of least resistance, no matter what the consequence is. But what about the violence that that that, that goes along with the drug sales? Uh, the people who who get caught in the crossfire of drug sales, prostitution, which I learned from a police officer several years ago, uh, prostitution is a drug crime more than it is a sex crime. That uh, if 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 the drugs move, the prostitutes move where the drugs are. Uh, uh, you're shaking your head at that. <laughs> Let, 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 let me ask my first question, then I'll get yeah, back yeah. to that. Uh, how 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 do you reconcile? Uh, and and I, I don't hear you here justifying anything. I just I'm I'm just asking a question from someone who who has experience in this life. The violence that goes along with it, and 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 those who who get caught in the midst of that and the quality of their life suffers as a result of that. How, how do you reconcile that with, with what it is that you're doing? From my perspective, from me being hands-on in the streets, violence does associate itself with drug dealing, mm-hmm. right? But I believe there's more violence when there's not enough drugs to flow. Now, Statistically, I can't prove that. Mm-hmm. But I have seen times when, like I say, you got this big guy at the top, right? That guy got a crew, and that crew has little crews. When that big guy goes down, now everybody who's eating, going on vacation, spending money, buying clothes, shopping, supporting this business and doing that, mm-hmm. buying their kids' school clothes easy, this, this, and that, now they're in a different spot because they can't get what they were getting. And so, so yeah, you might go work a job, but now they can't maintain what they have. Some of them don't even have the sense to do anything else. They don't have enough education. They don't have enough resources. They don't have the right criminal background mm-hmm. to do anything. Sometimes what they write on, they don't even want to write on the application to check that box and do this, this, and that because they, they feel you can go do 300 of those mm-hmm. and, and temp jobs all day, mm-hmm. but it's not going to add up to that income. So that guy is going to take the next easiest route, and that's rob. Once he robs, now something has to happen violently to offset that. 
the police officer said prostitution is I don't want how, how do you say that? He said it's, it's <clears throat> a drug crime more than it is a sex crime. I I can agree with that, and I usually don't agree agree with the blue much because it's a business. You see a big old narcotics unit, but you never seen a big old sex crime unit. Big old SVU is on 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 TV. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I ain't never seen the sex crime round up. You know, just they running up, getting sex offenders and yeah. rapists like that. Yeah, you know, uh, with harmless kids and stuff being affected. You know what I mean? And then it, okay, the uh, domestic violence ain't drug related. Domestic violence comes from what? What's, what you 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 do marriage counseling? Yes. What puts strains on marriage? Lack of money. Lack of money. Lack of sexual intimacy. Those are the two things that drive. And guess what? Lack of money will cause the, the sexual. Absolutely. You, you know what I mean? And it's like <clears throat> some people greedy. They are bad guys out there. And there are guys out there who, like, when, when you're in the streets, you have, to, you have to send a message. You have to send a message. But I truly believe I could show them that when that money dries up, crime going to rise. And I, I could tell you a true story. I, when I was in the streets, all the killers, I gave them jobs. You, you see, because me, I'd rather take the, I don't want to do nobody nothing. I just mm -hmm. want to always make money. All mm -hmm. my crimes is about money. Mm -hmm. I always want to make money. So instead of you out there killing and damaging your soul, man, look, go, go do this here. You know, here, I got this here, this paint, just go do this little job. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to overpay you. We're going to do that. I don't want no money off it. I gave them guys jobs and opportunity. You know, uh, <clears throat> but it's like when 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 your record is so messed up. I know guys who just sitting around waiting on the next person to call them to pay them to do something crazy. You know, and that's because they don't have the education. Some of them don't know how to hustle at all. They don't have that in them. That that's something that something you can't teach that to some people. Some people just got it. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. Some people will always be in a situation where they need somebody to employ them to pay them. Mm -hmm. And whether that be the guy at the plant or the guy who needs somebody bumped off, something burned down, something turned up, turned off, they don't care how they pay their the bills and get something. It just is easier. The thing I hate, I've been legal for a while, and it's been the hardest journey of my life, mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. When I got my, my, I've never snitched on nobody. My my background, my street background is good. Like I can go get anything I want. And I take all my licks by myself. If me and you decide to do fraud today and they catch me, I'm going by myself. I'm a firm believer in that. If they preached, they said I was going to be a pastor. If I become a pastor, I wouldn't tell my congregation to get in that. Tell them let God get them. Mm -hmm. Let God seek vengeance. Mm -hmm. The police ain't your friend. Mm -hmm. And I, I got some police family. I got love for I don't want to see nothing happen to them. But it, to me, it's all a hustle. It's a job. You know, they use you up to get what they need. And they got a big old courtroom that when you go, you can't even get up the elevator because they ain't build adequate elevators to, to house all the niggas that they writing tickets and giving crimes to. Mm -hmm. It take you 20 minutes to get to your floor. Mm -hmm. But they build a big old spot for you to come and the library collapse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. The jail, the, the court, good. The courtroom went straight up. Now, they ain't give you adequate elevators or way to get up, but the, the, the library collapsing. <clears throat> Law enforcement is, 
is an absolute necessity in in any community. I agree. So, so I'm going to push back on you a little bit with regard to your statements regarding <coughs> the book. However, <clears throat> that being said, uh, I think that we have evidence of the way that things have been done in this community uh, over the span of my life and certainly over the last uh, four or five years to let you know that law enforcement has not been carried out in an equal and always just fashion uh, uh, and the since things. I was a child yeah so I'm a little scarred with them true I'd give the church another chance before I give them one and I, I mean like I say I'm I'm, pe I'm peaceful I don't want nothing to happen to nobody I hope I wish everybody can just get money and pay their bills and live their life and do a couple of things they want to do before they get on out of here but uh, I got more faith in the church well, now let's talk about that because, because <laughs> be, be, before before you started taking, I asked you point blank, uh, just in a way of trying to get to know more about you. Do you go to church? And mm -hmm. you said, not really, not a whole lot, not often. And you started sharing with me things about your childhood and and things that happened uh, that that left you feeling. Uh, less than enthused mm -hmm. about uh, the church. We could tell the people. Yeah. That's what we're here for, man. Let them, let them know, like, why I feel how I feel. I used to sell drugs to a pastor before. You know, I know a pastor who tricked, prostitute. You know, we caught Jimmy Swaggin on TV as a young child. I have sinned. <laughs> yes. And he owned the majority of Blue Bonnet, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes. But, but you, that's why I like, I like you. I like you. I ain't telling you because we lied. You told me something that was so good because I had my little negative thoughts on, you know, everything. But you told me they they got dirty, rotten people in the film industry. You give them a chance. That was big. I I just had to tell them what you told me because I couldn't say nothing. I was like, you know what? They got hip hip, hip hypocrites everywhere. Yes, sir. And your 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 thing to me was. They got hypocrites in the church, yes. all of them. They got some of the worst people in church. Yes. Sinners, biggest sinners covering up what they do. But you give everything else a chance while you ain't gave the church a chance. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't argue with that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you know what, Nobody, no other pastor talk, told me like that. You know, I just, I tell them a couple of things, I don't even want to hear nothing easy. You know, God bless you, sir. You take care of yourself, man. No. Help me to understand, because I don't think that, that your feelings about the church are unique to you. I think that that uh, a lot of young people uh, are are fed up with the church, uh, have disdain for the church. I think that, that at best, they're put off by the church. At worst, they hate the church. Uh, what is it that the church can do to reach that person, the, the the people in the community that have said, that's all right, y'all y'all going about your business, leave, leave me alone. I, you know, I never thought about that, but, but just off the top of my head, I've been to church before and I feel guilty. You know, like, I feel like, I feel like I shouldn't be here if I ain't had no money. I done been places and felt like that, like, you know, everybody getting up and this, this and that. Uh, <clears throat> then when they start preaching money like that, I'll be like, I'm like, when you're in a poor spot and when you're not doing well and you short on your bill and you come in there to receive some positivity in the word, mm -hmm. it's kind of like aggravating. Mm -hmm. 
to be having money thrown in your face. You got, you got energy in your face. You got the rent man. You got the landlord. You got the water company. And not a pastor in my face. But he wants some money. But look what he pull off in. He got a Benz. They don't even have a church van. Mm-hmm. A church van. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's aggrav- it, 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 it got aggravating for me because I'm praying to God like I don't want to steal no more, Lord. I don't want to rob nobody. I don't want to sell drugs no more. I don't want to do nothing. Help me find a, a clean way. You know, and then every way you turn around, you're like, money, 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 money. Where you got some money? You got some money? You, got... you go to the store. They got a dude out there begging for change. Right. And I used to have, when I had that drug money, I used to get here, man, eat, eat, man, eat. Thinking I paid my tithes that way. I felt like I paid my tithes when I put money on my partner books in jail because he ain't got no resources. Mm-hmm. And I done seen the church tell a lady uh, who faithfully pay her tithes, it come auto draft. She faithfully pay hers. Oh yeah, that your, your grandson's funeral. I'm gonna need five hundred for that. I'm like, oh man, God. I'm, and he, oh, from a business tip, I'm a businessman. Mm-hmm. That church gotta run. It gotta mm-hmm. make some money. Mm-hmm. It's gotta make some money. I understand that. So I always wondered, like everybody talking about, I've been a pastor. I want to be a pastor. That I don't need nobody. I want to pay for it. I want. If I was rich, I'd, I'd probably fool with it. Cause I don't want bothering people. I want to help somebody. But then, you know, it's so it's so many ways. People got to understand this thing. These lights don't crank up. We wouldn't even be in the plug up today if, if things wasn't run right. This is true. You know, we wouldn't even be to have audio lights or nothing. We'd be, <laughs> we'd be outside. Well, look, so, 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 so part part of your concern and, 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 and part of the concerns that young people have is that they see the church with its hand out, just like everybody else with its hand out. Uh and, and this is not a venue for me to defend the church. This is a venue for me to learn oh, yeah. as, as I talk. But I will respond by saying, by, by repeating what you just said. Churches operate just the, way, just the way anybody else operates. A store merchant needs money. A businessman needs money. The doctor needs money. The lawyer needs money. In order for the church to do ministry, <coughs> ministry, ministry in this country can't be done for free. Ministry ministry in this country requires dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even if you have massive amounts of volunteer help, uh, still pe- people have to get paid in yeah. order for it to be done. Now, I I do have problems with people who gouge uh, uh, the community for money. I have problems with churches, uh, and and if you've ever listened to me, I I talk about. Those folk who talk about planting your seed, go go borrow money from somewhere else so that you can plant your seed in in this ministry. I have problems. You can't borrow your way out of debt. But (laughs) but I do believe that the biblical principle of tithing, which is a dime out of every dollar uh, that you give back to the Lord, I do believe that there's a spiritual benefit attached to that. I do believe that it is a part of your worship. Of, of God and I want to elevate people's thinking to the place where they recognize that they're not giving money to the church they're not giving money to the preacher they're does the preacher get a salary the, the preacher gets a salary in 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 this church okay. I can't speak for every church because, because every church is different in this church I, I, I work with a salary the, the, the church sets a salary for me but well, if the, I was a preacher, you, I'd want to say you'd be amazed at how many people think that all the money that comes in on Sunday morning goes. No, to, to I don't the think that. Uh, uh, <clears throat> but 
uh, our worship, when we give to God, our giving is not just with our talents. You're, you're an actor, you're a producer. Uh, uh, it's not just with our time, but it's also with our treasure. And, and it's biblical. And uh, I'm, I'm still Bible-based enough to believe that as you give to God what he has asked of you, uh, that God will bless you in response to what you've given. And, and, and so that, that's my only pushback on the whole money piece. I know. And I know that people, I know that people gouge, and I, and I know that yeah. people take advantage. They also. Uh, and, and, and once again, you, you bring up the corruption aspect of it, and, and I know that folk are corrupt. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I would not let another person's corruption interrupt my relationship with God. Right. I saw a post one day that said, uh, uh, when the church need money, they ask the people. And when the people need money, the pastor tell them to ask God. You know? And I was like, oh, that's kind of deep, you know? It's kind of true, too. You know what I mean? It's true in many cases. It's not true in all cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some churches it, I know that it, they it, do help thing, out and do outreach. I, I will say about this church. This church spends a lot of money helping people. Yeah. Shiloh <coughs> keeps a lot of lights on. Shiloh pays a lot of rent. Shiloh pays a lot of groceries. Uh, that there are churches that build up bank accounts, and and they look and with pride at how much money they have in the bank. Shiloh's mm-hmm. not one of those churches. Yeah. Shiloh, I thank God, believes in holistic ministry. Believes in helping the total man. And so when money comes into Shiloh, it comes in not to stay. It comes in to go out in the form of immediate helps in, in, in the way of benevolences. We pay for scholarships so that people can go and to school you'll and educate see. themselves. Yeah. And, and, and uh, we, we provide services so that people... Shiloh is, is one of the largest minority employers in, in Baton Rouge. Hmm. We employ 60 people. Uh, that's beautiful. Through, 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 through our daycare, our early learning center, through the church and the various ministries that we have here. So we employ folk. Yeah, folk, folk that's folk, big. Folk eat off of, my father used to say all the time, uh, I, I, I put Baptist bread on my table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I eat Baptist meat. Well, I'm, I'm saying this on podcast. I'm coming to give y'all a try. No, my my I, family going to be happy because I, I ain't been to church in a while. <laughs> well, I'm going to give Shiloh a try. No, Everybody going to be happy. I think Dr. T going to be happy to see me. <laughs> up y'all done got that boy. What you told that boy to get that boy in church? Yeah. Now, I like, I like your energy. I work off of energy a lot. Um, I'm straightforward. I don't cut no corner. I don't be trying to hurt nobody's feelings. Sometimes I come off, show up, and I'm a big old teddy bear. I'm soft, too. I, I can't watch certain things without crying. Yeah. No matter how gangster people think I am or how gangster I was. Cause I, don't want, I, I ain't leave the straight, streets alone because I'm scared to go to jail or, or I'm scared of dying or... Uh, I ain't worried about none of that. Mm-hmm. I left the streets alone because if I don't prove to the guys who came up like me that we can clean our lives up and do things right, 
coming from the same situation. Because I remember they took me. We was the first scared straight, I feel like, class. They took us to Angola. We were bad. Mm -hmm. All I wanted to do was fight. I got stabbed in the neck at Glen Oaks High. I've been shot in the back. Uh, at, when I was 17 years old, bullet hit my heart and lungs and come mm -hmm. out of my chest. Mm -hmm. That moment there let me know there's a high power. You don't live from that injury. Yes, sir. You don't live from getting hit in the vena cave on your heart. And I got I got a piece of, uh, I got three-fourths of a lung on his right side. You don't live from that. Yes, sir. And only two doctors came in there and they was real. They was like, these doctors sticking their chest out thinking they saved you, bro, but God saved you. Yes, sir. So any doubt or any confusion or uh, me not having uh, my father around and me not having clarity from churches and me seeing disruption from pastors and uh, seeing people who was in position doing evil and uh, me seeing people abuse power and that moment there kept me straight to let me know there is a higher power um, and that I should seek it and I should seek the truth at all times um, and that I need to find my own truth no matter what you teach me, no matter what I read, I need to always pray for my truth yes, sir. and what I believe in, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm real big on helping people. I, I love, I feel like, I feel like ties can be paid all kind of ways. And, and, and I, I, I certainly agree with that. If I were to picture the church as the mediator between institutions and the community, business institutions, government institutions, uh, uh, social services, and things of that sort. If, if, if the church is the facilitator of conversation between those institutions on that end and the community on the other end, as a person who is now an entrepreneur, but was at one time on the street, what is the message that you want the church to say? If, 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 as a man on the street, what is what is it that you want the church to say to the institutions? Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I hear the same thing over and over again. Uh, you don't go to church for this, this, and that. You go there to get your word. You can't worry about what the pastor doing, this, this, and that. You can't worry about what the people doing. You go there to get your word. I think that, uh, Supporting your church is good. It's healthy. But you got to find that spot. You got to find, like, when I remember when I was little, you'd be like, you have a church home? Mm -hmm. You have a church home? Now I understand what it means. You have to find somewhere that you mesh with, that you connect with, that when you go in there, you ain't worried about what you got on. You ain't right. worried about if you're uncomfortable. I feel like I'm around my family. Right. And they can see if you, you had a bad day or, or, you know, or however you came in there. You just came in there for the right things and around people with the right reasons. Now you're not going to get a perfect church. You're going to have something in every one of them. Yes. You know, uh, you know, I think I, I put all the pressure on you, though, because you're the lead. You, you, the, you the man in there. When we walk in there, we look up to you. We look up to the pastors. So not perfection, you know. Uh, and I think people need to be more real. You, you ask me what I need the church to say. I think people need to be more real. I, as long as me and you are always real, how many of you have a problem? I've been living like that. I believe that, though. If you made a mistake and you you, you came out with it, they want to hold you accountable and look down on you like you ain't a, a human. But you're not God. Right. You're a man like me. Right. And I think people need to stop worshiping pastors 
and worship and put more for, towards God. Because guess what? Somebody, an atheist can say, oh, I don't believe in God. This, this, and they won't do, oh, he they get away from him. But say something about that pastor. They're ready to whoop your tail. That's backwards. We need to roll for God like that. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that I don't like. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think I think it need to be work done on both sides. On our side, as, as uh, it, you know, being church members, being people in the community, mm-hmm. we we you got to know. The only reason I understand is because I'm in business, and I know how much every paper clip, how much the tables cost, right. these chairs. It's, it's take things to make this thing make this thing happen, and right. people so judgmental. You know, I think it, it need work on both sides. You know, coming here today with you. Showed me some things too. I like the realness in you, and I hadn't heard nothing bad about you. <laughs> Keep listening. <laughs> Somebody will be glad to share it, some things. It might you. come out after they see this. Like he was over there. Like he was cool. I, I you no. know, I ain't get no bad vibe. No. And that's another thing that I, I, if I want anybody to learn anything from me, <clears throat> deal with people on your on your own individual perception and accord. Like, this is me and your first time meeting. Yes, sir. So until you show me different, I believe in you. Yeah, and that's that. how I feel. I appreciate that. I, how, how could I be, I, you know what kind of mistakes I've made in the past? So how I'm going to hold you to anything you did, you know? Yeah. You know, certain things, you know? I, I, I feel like that's what people should do. I don't really judge a man by what population or what everybody else say. I give him my own chance because he might have did that to you. Uh, ain't no telling what the other side of that story is. Let me ask you a couple more questions, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go. Oh, no, that's it. We yeah, got to yeah. go on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, here come the big question. Now I'm just playing. <clears throat> you're, you're a father. Mm-hmm. You're a husband. What is it that you hope for your children with mm. regard to the community in which you're, you're, you're raising them? I'm assuming that, that Baton Rouge is going to be your home. Are you planning to leave here, or, or do you want to stay in Baton Rouge? Oh, I didn't want to leave so many times. It's uh, it's it's slow motion. It's stuck in the box. It's it's heavy uh, political influence, and money run this place. Baton Rouge ruined me. Baton Rouge made me realize that if I got money, I could make anything happen. Mm-hmm. When I was a criminal, I went to jail significantly less than when I've been. I don't went to jail for protesting. Uh, I've been to jail. Uh, me and my wife had issues after the flood with money and stuff like that. Uh, domestic, you know, uh, that's horrible. But you know, I, I I like to come clean with all my mm-hmm. my, my burdens and my and my stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I made my mistakes, but my heart's pure. I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to do nothing to nobody. I, I just, you know, I'm gonna protect myself at all times. But I don't wake up in the morning and want to see anybody doing bad. Mm-hmm. And especially somebody who looked like me, uh, come up like me, went through some of the same struggles as me. Or even if you're a privileged kid that looked like me. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing that his parents was, was able to make things happen for him. Because mm-hmm. I used to be like, man, you know, pretty prep boy, got rich parents and stuff. Because I was from the, the negative hood. Mm-hmm. I like, ain't one of us, you know. And we used to outcast them. It used to be vice versa. Mm-hmm. But... Growing up and, and and living rough times just show you like that's a blessing that boy parents was uh one of them preppy dudes saved my life. You know, when I got shot, one of them preppy dudes helped put me in the car, and I used to look at him like he he ain't gangster, he a punk, he he 
come up to good parents. He he get all the J's. He fresh. He got the heel figure. He a punk, man. He ain't one of us. Mm -hmm. He ain't tough. You know what I'm saying? But one of them dudes saved my life. Yes, sir. Two, two of them dudes. Two of them dudes. And so now I, I like everybody. I like nerds. Because gangsters ain't real. Well, good, because I'm a nerd, so that's cool. <laughs> gangsters ain't real. Like, uh, the streets are horrible. Mm -hmm. Any kid, man, that, that streets is so fake. I, shoot, I shot over 300 music videos. There's no difference in a movie and that music video. The movie has props. The music video has props. Some of them guns fake. Some of the money fake. Some of them dudes call dudes to put their car in the video. They borrowing chains. They giving you a perception like they killing, shooting, selling drugs, and balling, but it ain't like that. And I'm telling you from the guy who shot their video. Mm -hmm. Not no name calling. I ain't, you know. Sure. But what I'm telling them is that street perception. If you go out and you be a hardworking young man and you build your credit up, you'll shine like a drug dealer. And sports ain't the only option. You got... You got a whole team of kids thinking they're all going to the NFL. It's impossible. It's a lottery number. You got to be realistic with yourself. You know, I tell my son, my son is awesome. He got scouts and everything looking at him. I'm like, look, better have you something else. One injury, anything, you over with. Yeah. The average uh, expectancy in the NFL, what, two years? Yeah. It's low, man. You better have you something to get you some money because that's why people go crazy. You got to have something to back up the backup, you know. But these kids, and they... they I realized how how we had the, the uh we used to make the streets look good. Shining and stunning and popping bottles and I'm I was I was part of the problem. Making it look good is horrible. You got guys out there who talking noise, uh riding with you and as soon as the trouble drop down here don't live by the street law. These new kids don't live by the street law. They ratting, they telling on you. It's whoever get down first. You gonna get piled up all the time. It's no the streets are fake. It's street glitter. It's glitter. It shine and it look good, but it has no value. It's not gold. It's not gold. The real goal is this hard, rough roll I'm road I'm going on. Mm -hmm. That that let me keep it real with them. I had the I had a headphone rental because I do uh I got do silent parties. We can have a party in here and everybody got headphones on. We won't make no boom, boom, won't be no noise. Three DJs that can change the channel. Well, that's my new uh, 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 investment. The storage, I ain't pay the storage. The storage had a lock on it. And the headphones in there, I had a rental. The next week, I was broke. In business, doing yeah. legal business. Yeah. Oh, man, drug money. I just pulled off one of them piles and went paid it. But I had to endure. And I know I can't borrow my way out of debt. So I went try to conjure up some gigs and see this this a testimony yes. to show them that it's hard as hell to go this route yeah it's hard but this gonna be solid gold when it finished and you gotta be positive they calling both of us right now yeah <laughs> my phone going off that's the devil look he trying to look evil spirit <laughs> evil don't want this story told we gonna tell it though this long slow hard road it's going to be the one that's going because you can't, I don't care if uh, the best pitch in the league pitching, you keep swinging. Either his arm going to get tired or you're going to time it right and hit one of them balls. Yeah. Failure, just like nothing in the world is perfect, failure not perfect. You can't fail every time. It's impossible. Well, that's something I haven't heard anybody say before. It's impossible to fail every time. Yes, sir. But if you give up, you won't know. It's impossible to fail. Nothing is perfect. That's like people get ruined, they have success for a while, and things happen. 
keep failing. You closer to it than anybody else. Way closer than the dude who quit trying. That's you know what I mean? Very positive attitude. Yeah, man. I, t- I got that lock off that storage. And got that- <laughs> <laughs> I made that two hundred and eleven dollars, man. I was broke, man. It just is what it is, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know what? And, and, and everything against me. When I had the drug money, I could pay all the courts, and the court and the judge say, "You're a great guy. You paid all your fees, man. You paid your probation officer. You paid everybody. You're a great guy." And I'm selling drugs. I'm back selling drugs, John. That's what I wanted to tell him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm back out here. I found out who was ratting. I cut him off, and I'm back selling to all the rest of them who was cool. Uh, you know, you pay this, you pay your child support. As soon as that money run out, your baby mama run down there, put you on child support. You did this, this, that. Now you're in an even tighter bond. Now your license suspended. You got this, this, and that going on. Oh, man. But you can't let none of it stop you. You got to almost be crazy to make it these days. You got to fool yourself into believing that in all this mess, I can make it. And I believe it. I'm crazy as hell. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued by the picture that you're painting yeah. uh, because <clears throat> it, it's it's not your Hollywood picture of, of, of what's going on uh, what you're describing is a person who, who realized that he had to make it yeah. and was willing to do what he thought was necessary to do in order to make it and yet now you've come to a different choice to a, to a different path on your life and even though it's harder and the money comes slower you feel like it's better I had to look uh, I, I, I came to this because and then I had some people I got people watching me I didn't even realize how powerful my, my word was. And I talk noise. I say all kinds of stuff. I say anything. I mean, you could tell that today. And I'm in a church. I'm being light today. <laughs> I'm still talking crazy. I'm, but I, I say anything. I just be me, you know. But I had people watching. And I had some street. I had one of my partners from the street. And I was talking to him one day. I'm, I'm going to tell you all what I said. I said, man, I, I, I might go get me some dope for a little bit, man. Just, give, just do it for a little while. But it's a trap. It's no, it's a, making money is just as addictive. Being able to help my mama, being able to pay whatever bill they throw in my face, any ticket, any lawyer, any judge, being able to pay that is so addictive, you know, because you be here in this broke situation, money run it all, money cure it all. You cannot spend no time with your kids, but if you caught up on your arrears, you're a great father. The court gonna love you. They don't care if it's drug money, because they're gonna get their $14.50 on every processing fee. They're going to get their percentage if they're getting WIC, Medicaid, food stamps. They're going to get their percentage. It's a business. And money thrives on it. But I, that corrupted me and had me like, I got to get money, 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 money. So I got the money and did this and that. But boom, as soon as it, what made me realize is that as soon as all that money gone, I'm back to, to nobody. So now I got to get it the right way to get it the strong way where they can't take it from me. Yes, sir. I got to make it all legit. I got to walk the straight line and get it all right. Then I got to show the little dude who, like, all I know is just dope. I'm like, that's all I knew was dope. All I knew was to sell drugs. Man, I can tell you some stories of some amazing amounts of money that uh, the doctor ain't made. Dude who, who old Sally made $50,000, $60,000. He ain't never made that. It's crazy, you know. And now everybody getting rich off of controlled substance. Yeah. The plug ain't the Mexican. The plug is Walgreens. Grandma selling pills. Old ladies on fixed income. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
they got to sell their pills just to make it because the pill worth $20, $30 a pill. And she got 100 of them. That's two, dollars $3,000 a month to help that lady out. We supposed to look down on granny now? But it's controlled. I can't be silent because this this is a podcast. <laughs> but you, you, you put me in a position where I'm I'm almost speechless. I know. And, uh, I know. But God brought me here, though. I feel it. I feel it. Me and you had a good conversation before the mic was on. And I don't know. Maybe I, you know, I just flow. I don't even know why I'm saying what I'm saying. I just like the truth. And a lot of people like to run around in it. Oh, I'm this actor. I'm doing this, this, and that. I'm struggling. Everybody think I'm balling because I got stuff. I got equipment. Because mm-hmm. that's all I got to do is if I get a little money, I hurry up and invest for it, run out, and hope to make it back to pay the bills. You know, because I ain't got no, I ain't, it ain't coming no other way. I ain't got no rich pa, daddy dead, mama uh, low income. You know, if I don't make it, if I don't make it happen, I gotta buy equipment. I can't buy Jordans. I gotta buy another microphone, another stand, or something else to sell to somebody. Some kind of service, you know. Yeah. I got to, I got to do it. So even when I, I might have made five, six thousand dollars, I can't. It's not mine. It's for everybody else. So I can either invest it to try to up this income because what I'm making ain't enough. Or I can just pay bills and I'm be back in a crunch with the same stuff. So I got, I got to, I take in the store. We could, we go bring the camera and go in the store. I show you so much equipment. Oh man, I got a, I got a radio station sitting in one of them. I just got to find the rest of the funds to get the internet radio rolling. I got I got uh, all kind of film equipment. I got all kind of stuff. I got businesses on businesses. That's all I got. That's all I could do. You know, but <clears throat> it's bad and it's bad on a lot of people. And I just want people to know I know what you're going through, and I don't judge you. This has been one of the most raw, honest conversations that I've probably ever had, ever. Period. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that level <clears throat> of honesty and candor, especially from somebody who just met me 20 minutes ago when you walked yeah. in the door. Uh, when it comes to your filmmaking, do you seek to bring that kind of honesty uh, to to the films that you produce? Yeah. To change the way people think about what the what it means to live life on the street. Yeah. I want them to be able to see it through the, the other way, the other eyes. Um, <clears throat> by me being on the other side, trying to cross over to the good side and to the, what people feel like is clean and, and honest living, I want them to see. And see, I know that, 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 that senior citizen thing hit you. Yeah. Because now you're too old to move around. You, you got limited hustles. What you going to do as an old person? But you're on a fixed income. you either retired or you're getting supplemental income. That's, it's that. It's just that. There's nothing extra. So if the government create a pill that's $20, $30 in the streets, these ladies are going with lupus, cancer, going through pain, taking Tylenol to sell these pills to get extra money just to buy stuff for their grandkids and be able to do things that they couldn't do before they get on out of here. And that's horrible. That's horrible. The grandmas are dealing with the the, the, the traps, the gangsters, you know. <laughs> I, I got a whole movie I wanted to do on that. How she, the grandma don't know how to talk cold. 
<laughs> but I want to see that movie. This is what's crazy. How much time we got? As much time as this short. Beautiful thing about a podcast. It can go as long or as short as we want it to. Right. Y'all, any, anybody listening or watching, look up Purdue Pharma. Purdue Pharma is the company that created Oxycontin. OC. OC on one side, 80 on the other side. It's an army green pill. Oxycontin went for $80 a pill in the street. The average person on the low end get one pill a day. That's 30 pills. 30 times 80, you know. But people who are in high pain, they get 90 and 120. They give them two, three, four pills a day. Well, they're not taking them. They were selling them. Purdue Pharma relaunched the heroin epidemic. They put these OC80s out there, they, they attached with the doctors, and they say, hey, this pill's a great pill. You, We're going to give you some incentive to start writing it to you. Yeah, we, we got this great pill. Is it addictive? No. No, it's not addictive. Very addictive. They hid it. They they fondled and mishandled the research. and They did. They, they crooks. Made billions of dollars off it. Um, <clears throat> in 2011, they created a law where people were going to the doctor and getting multiple scripts. I go to one doctor, get 120, go to another right. doctor, because that's $80 a pill. Right. Uh, every 100 pills, $8,000 coming into a household. Yeah. Uh, money, money, lack of, makes some strange things go on. You sit in pain and try to take some other stuff if you got an $80 pill. Well, Purdue Pharma made billions. The state of Kentucky, there's all research you can look online. The state of Kentucky sued Purdue Pharma mm -hmm. for hiding research and putting a pill out there that was highly addictive and then gave the doctors incentives and tricked them into writing more. That's where pain management was birthed. Mm -hmm. So now you got people lining up in pain management. They had to put an age limit on there because they had 18-year-olds talking about back pain, fake MRIs and stuff like that just to get the pill. But they relaunched the heroin epidemic because mm -hmm. now we got a, a controlled substance that they didn't figure it out we didn't make billions of dollars hey this is bad y'all y'all got people out here in detox and they drug people on drugs and everything else we got an epidemic on our hands so Purdue Farmers like oh yeah. state of Kentucky sued them won the lawsuit won some millions mm -hmm. but they made billions mm -hmm. is that not criminal <laughs> It's certainly immoral. But they paid their taxes. Yeah. And they paid a lot of people. They're criminal. Purdue Pharma is a criminal. But the, the street guy, the black street guy who get them pills and sell them and resell them from his plug, from his not not a Mexican, not Amigo, not Pablo Escobar, from Purdue Pharma. Mm -hmm. Gave them the Walgreens. Walgreens gave them to the people. And that black guy going to get 30, 40 years. Purdue Pharma just paid a couple million off a billion. And we straight. We set up. We got another pill launching. Pocket chain. Now we doing blood pressure medicine or whatever they want to do now. They straight. We do erectile dysfunction. Whatever they want to do, they can do it now. They got billions of dollars. So they changed the OC to OP. And they put a gel in it so it wouldn't have the recreational use. So they took that away. So then everybody moved down to the smaller pill, the blue pill, the Roxy's. The Roxy's is 20 to $30 a pill. Less money. But now we got to do more. Same volume. The people who are doing two and three of those going to do six of these, and it's going to be equivalent. So the same money. So then they started controlling the Roxy's. So what that did, when the drug dealer couldn't get the Roxy's no more, they changed the laws and how you get them and this, this, and that, and whatever, whatever. So now we can't get that, but here come the black market. I got some heroin. The 
The Rocks and OC ain't nothing but synthetic hair. Same feeling. So now they relaunched. The gov the, the government relaunched this. Ain't no theory. This ain't no uh. This is my theory. No. No. They, I'm listening to they you. They relaunched because when you took the pills away, once you got rich and you took the pills away and you put a tight cap on the pills, the demand is too high. The pill ain't never lost a value. That pill been thirty dollars and ain't going nowhere. Some people get thirty five dollars for it today. I guarantee you. <clears throat> but when you kill it off from the streets, you opened up the black market. And now they're like, well, now we got a heroin epidemic. But who the target? Purdue Farmer who cranked it off or the black dude who trying to get this, keep the money rolling? Hmm. You see? He yes. the bad guy. Yes, I do see. He the bad guy, but as long as Purdue Farmer was making millions of dollars and a couple black people go to jail for getting on the lower end, they done made their money, they done made their money, they done paid their taxes, this, this, and that. Now he get it. He reselling this big old crime. And the crack era was... Not an epidemic. It wasn't like that. Oh, but this here, this affect white America. Now we need rehabs. We need stuff. We need, this, is a, this is a problem. We need to... We need to put money into... Put money into... Helping them. Yeah. Not leave them in Clinics. a gutter full of crack and right. let the kids, you know... Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We're going to fix this. Yeah. Ooh, this world unfair, huh? The differences in <clears throat> sentencing between crack and cocaine... Famously, people people recognize that that's that, that there's a racial component to that. Uh, but but what you are describing is fascinating. I want you to go it's look at it. Purdue Pharma, and you're gonna see the lawsuits. Everything gonna start popping up when you Google that. Um, <laughs> it's just funny to me because they they wealthy, they good, they don't have no pending trials, a couple of lawsuits, but if, if I made a billion dollars, I'd pay a couple of millions to the shut be, you, hey, you know what I mean? You have to pay that for 10, 15, 20 years. Oh yeah, but they got it. <laughs> they yeah. probably paid it off already. Yeah. Or they might take their time, you know, the lawyer gonna extend it and they got money to pay good lawyers and make trial dates go back and push back with. So with the, with, with the massive amounts <clears throat> of money that are available on the street through drug sales, whether they be pharmaceuticals or marijuana or whatever. Mm -hmm. How do you combat that? How do you, you, the law can't combat that and win. It has to be a change in the hearts and in the minds of the people individually, and they have to see different opportunities. One, one of the things that, 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 that has struck me as I have talked to people uh, is the lack of hope hmm. that exists within so many of their lives. And when I, when I talk to 15-year-old kids who don't expect to live to, to be 25, and they're okay with that. They they know that they're not going to live to see 30. Uh, and and so their attitude is, I'm gonna get as much as I can while I can. What is the what is the response to that? What how do we uh, instill hope? I, I had the opportunity last week to to uh, be in a worship experience with the new bishop uh, for the Roman Catholic church and his homily centered around hope in the Lord, the, 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 the hope that we need. And he talked about how often our hope is too small to deal with the problems that exist within our communities. And 
what I'm hearing from you is that there is a lack of hope that exists within the minds and hearts of these young people. How do we instill hope in them? The, the only thing they have is God. Because this world that we live in is just, it is what it is. Um, dope ain't going nowhere because there's too many unhappy people. And dope will cover that up temporarily and put a Band-Aid on, on pain. So drugs ain't going nowhere. You got, you got, you know, things that can be cured that's going to be medicated because this is a money-ran machine. This thing so corrupt with money. You go, you, some people might go through the thing I went through. And, uh, you know, we got this little thing that we made up. We say money ain't everything, but it's everything. And it sounds crazy, but, yeah, nah, it ain't everything, but it's everything yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And you can't do everything for it. You can't you can't destroy yourself for it, but, man, you can't do nothing without it. Yeah. And it's just sad, you know. But it's a, it's always going to be drugs. It's always going to be dope. It's always going to be, uh, you know, Alcohol was illegal, now it's legal. Weed was illegal, now it's legal. You know, coke, coke was made with cocaine. <laughs> yes, it was. That's a fact. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm, I don't know how many people know that, but you're absolutely so, right. So that's why I'm uh, I'm not I'm I'm against kids getting into the streets and selling drugs, but I am not against drug dealers. I will never do nothing. I don't want them hurting people and causing violence. Mess up the money. That's what my OGs taught me. Some things you gotta let go by. You gotta get your respect, but some things tap the money. So what's it more important? Stroking your ego and your pride or messing up the money. You know? And and my OGs taught me sometimes the streets eat them up before you can get to them. And I had never heard that before because I was raised by a bunch of ignorant wolves. And there was no tolerance. Somebody the first move you chastise. You send a message every time. Mm -hmm. But I got around some other guys who was like filthy rich, who understood more of economics and more business-minded drug dealers. And it was like violence mess up the money. And you'd be like, well, what, what, what about, you know, what if it, they, everybody think they could do that to you? Don't worry about that. You, 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 you put yourself in better situations because it's partially your fault, whatever happened. You know what I mean? And so I had never heard that. I felt like that was, I didn't know if that was scared, fear, or point of soft, or what that was, because I was taught wrong. I was taught bad. It was wisdom. It was wisdom. Because violence mess up all that. Violence make everything bad. Violence put a spotlight on you, you know. But it's so many things. The kids, the kids don't have no good influences. All the rappers that they like are just not what's up, you know. The rappers, the TV shows, you know, and then like the only what's the two shiny things growing up in the hood? What's the two shiny things you gonna see? A drug deal or somebody who made it to the basketball league or to the pro? The working man don't shine. Say he owes Sally May, you know? Yeah, he he he, he probably in debt over his head. The average student come out of school fifty thousand dollars in debt. I ain't understand that. Growing up. I got a I got a I got a child as old as eighteen. She out of school. I didn't think I had to save money for her college. I'm like, oh, they gonna pay for that. You can get financial aid. No, I had to go to an asset building coalition and be filming. And they talking and I'm filming. I'm like, what did you just say? And I started listening while I was filming. It was a mm -hmm. gig. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. They 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 came with numbers. 
the average student leave school in fifty thousand dollars worth of debt, and they were just showing about uh, uh, they were showing how the government misused this amount of money, and that could be used to put for college funds for poverty kids and stuff like that. It's called the Southern Regional Asset Building Coalition. I could talk all day, Doc. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, yeah. man. I want you to come back. Uh, no problem. Not, not, not just come to church. I, I hope <clears throat> that you do come to church. But I want you to come back and, and, and we can continue this conversation. Well, you got my word as a man. I'm going uh, to come through. The family going to be excited to see me back in church, you know. Okay. Uh, man, you, you opened my eyes today. You know, you gave me another perspective. I needed this. So everything happened for a reason. It all comes together. Thank you, Mr. Domino. Thank you, sir. Time today. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for viewing. We'll be back next time.